Hello. Wrong, wrong, right. Better, better now. Oh, better. much better. Better now. Better now. Thank you. Welcome better here. Doctor. Better here. Better <laughs> here. So, uh, yeah. Uh, one or two. A- Air B. Air B. <laughs> it's um, so, so many times. Oh, speaking of which, I've lost my glasses. Found them. Found them. Oh, no. No, no. They're, it was, they were, yeah, no, they were, maybe you get a, you should get a string and put them around your neck. Oh, I don't know. That's, is that coming? Do you have a string for your neck? I, with, with your I do not. I, I do not. Um, Kristen, Kristen does have uh, glasses that she, or a string that she uses for her glasses. No, my solution, Ben, is I remember where I put them and I, I only put them in one of several places and I do. Uh, and I have I have three pairs of this is fascinating glasses. That's good. Talk. I have yeah. I have three pairs of glasses. Um, I can I can see two of them from where I sit, and I can see that I have one case. This is good. That will hold two of the glasses. So you know, two are in the case. One is on my face. Hey, that's, that's whoa! Good. I, I'm just <laughs> I just came up with that just now. Um, but, uh, yeah. So and I've got I've got uh, I think we might we might have talked about this before because it is a big part of my workflow, as you say. Um, I have my computer glasses, I have my sunglasses, and I have my distance glasses. And the sunglasses and the distance glasses are both what they call uh, progressive. Um, they vote uh, Democratic. They both. Um, they come from uh, from blue states or red states. Which yeah, which blue, blue, blue blue state glasses. Blue state um, glasses. And and my and my computer glasses are uh, monofocal. They are they are one distance, and that distance is the distance from my face to my usually uh my computer screen so, computer, yeah I, yeah I but, got but, I, but i you know and i and they're they're either they're either on my desk here at, in my office or on the the end table by where i sit on the couch or at my place at the table where i eat breakfast and chances are it, or or they're in the case um and the case is in my backpack and that's about the only places they ever are and so it's usually if i don't find them in one of those places then it's panic time but yeah uh, yeah what well, and so i i have one pair of glasses i only have the mm. mon- monofocals mm. um mm-hmm. that are that are for the um for the mm-hmm. reading mm-hmm. and for the screens mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. Uh, i think we talked about this a while ago I was getting, I'm, you know, I, people listen to this and get con, get concerned about my health sometimes, Don. Like I've I've had people follow up about um, my, Your my blood, blood pressure, pressure <laughs> my my weight. Um, uh, someone was concerned about. Remember a, a while ago, I had like a real raspy voice. Yes. Um, someone was concerned that I might have like a tumor. Uh, right. Be, right. Because, right. Yeah. Um, someone was concerned about my mouthwash use. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of concern. So it just, so, um, and I appreciate that. Wait, tell that. me more about the mouthwash. This is new. Yeah. I think, me, I think, I, yeah. no, I think we got, we got, we were talking on one, one, you know, one, one of our podcasts, one of our many podcasts, um, with multiple episodes, uh, this one or the other one, uh, about how I, you know, my, my, <laughs> it must've been for risky or not, but it was like my, my nightly, um, like dental hygiene uh, routine, which includes um, now less mouthwash because of the, the, someone sent me some papers about this. Oh yeah. But I was like, I, I would do, um, I would do a floss. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm, I'm a, I, I, I go through floss phases and I'm heavy mm. into floss right now. Like I am mm. sometimes twice a day. I like, I re- like there's something therapeutic about the floss. Mm. So a floss mm. and then a brush Cause I like to, I like to clean up the stuff that I've taken out of the, in between my teeth and mm-hmm. then 
for good measure, uh, a little uh, a scope uh, alcohol. Well, Listerine actually mm-hmm. uh, was is my, was my go to um, uh, alcohol mouth rinse. And someone said, "Don't do that every day. Mouth cancer. You don't want. You know, don't don't. Huh. It's not good for you. All doing it all the time. So hmm. so I stopped doing that. Hmm. Um, and I wow. only do it every once in a while. Yeah. So so there was that. Um, is there is there is there science on this? Yeah. Someone sent sent me papers. Can you uh, yeah. can you send them to me? Because I'll now find I'm interested. You. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. I'll, look, look, we'll find those for follow up. Um, mouth, mouth. I just I just googled mouth papers. Those are different. <laughs> that's a different paper. Why? Well, I'll, I'll find these. I'll find these. Okay. Um, thank you. And we'll we'll put them in the show notes. Um, sure. But yeah. So so anyway, I'm I maybe maybe once a week I'm using the Listerine now. Mm. Anyway, um, but the reason why I have why I have glasses. Uh, or at least what prompted me to go to the optometrist because I'd kind of opted out for a while. I was getting like, you know, I'd go every year and they're like, yeah, no change. Um, and, and I went because I was getting these uh, um, uh, optical optical migraines, they're called. Oh, oh yeah, this is a couple of years ago. Yeah. yeah. Oh, wow. Where I, don't think I, I knew about this? Yeah. Do you know? So, have you ever had these hmm. ocular, no. not optical, oh, ocular? Yeah, but yeah. the the emphasis on the migraine part. I, yeah. I, no. I. Uh, oh. Well, I mean, I know people that get migraines, but I well, I did not realize that you were one of them. So. Well. So, but so here's the thing. It is, um, according to uh, the American uh, Optoma- Optometric Association. Um, an ocular migraine is an episode of vision loss in one eye, usually lasting less than one hour, and Ooh. is associated with a headache. Except I had no headaches. Oh, like like it was. Mm. I, I would sit at my at my computer, and I, it would look like. It, and I'm gonna uh, just Google ocular migraine because the picture is exactly what I was getting. Um, oh wow! So uh, do you see like it's kind of like this kaleidoscope kind of effect? Um, there, the, if it come if it's coming up in your Google, the way it's coming up in mine, I'm, I'm just, oh, oh, wow. It's uh, rainbows. Yeah. See those rainbows. Whoa. I, I, I was getting these, these rainbows. Whoa. Um, and, uh, yeah. Anyway. And then they would, um, like, uh, clear my field of vision after about 25 or 30 minutes. And Whoa. so, so anyway, now I have glasses for my, and, and apparently it's, it's not, um, it's not uncommon but uh eye strain can make it worse and so so these so my yeah my glasses are from my from my claudiscope eyes um oh. yeah well that's yeah that's good and, and it's kind of they, they make they do make you look smarter i think well i mean of course of course this is this is true um and and there there are lots of times where i i like to take my glasses off and pause <laughs> i think Think a bit and maybe do you rub hold. the bridge of your nose or do you chew on the end of your glasses every once in a while? And, and I, I just like to hold them and then um, and just, you know, maybe maybe put another hand in my mouth and, and just think for a second mm-hmm. and then say, you know, you know, you know, Bob, I've got an idea. Uh, <laughs> do you ever do you ever you ever scoot your glasses back on your head? No, I'm, I'm not a big fan of that. Um, mm, interesting. Yeah. So um uh, I, 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 and, and I, this again, we'll get into my, my, uh, you know, aging neuroses. Um, uh, I do, I do that, or I used to do that quite a bit with my sunglasses. And as, as my, as my, um, uh, my hair, um, loss has progressed, <laughs> I have, mm. um, mm. I find that, that the, 
um, that if I put my glasses on my hair, it like puts an indentation that goes oh. right to my skull, <laughs> scalp. You don't have, and I don't yeah. have much cushioning there. Oh, I don't. I see. Yeah, yeah, not a oh. lot of cushioning. So it's it's a uh, it, it's uh, it just my my hair just doesn't look right, Don. Um, okay. Yeah. So so anyway, no, I'm I I'll take my glasses off. Anyway, I um I I find that I can often forget to put them on, and then I think, oh, what what's different? about what i'm reading on my screen and it's that oh, i can't see like, it as well yeah yeah yep, yeah yep. but like i mean i have not i had i maybe had five or six of these ocular migraines in a i don't know maybe a four-week period uh mm -hmm. back a couple of years ago and then went to the to the eye doctor and got glasses and have not like have literally not had one since and so i try to i try to wear them all the time so so I, when you said you had three pairs of glasses, uh, two in the case, one on your face, mm -hmm. um, <laughs> which I wrote down because it's great. <laughs> uh, um, I, uh, I thought you might've had three of the same pairs of glasses, like redundancy glasses, glass redundancy. Um, no, although I, I like that idea. Um, but here's the thing. I like to know like my my distance glasses and my computer glasses are similar but they're not identical and that, i kind of want that because i don't want to grab one when i want the other right and then the sunglasses i can tell which ones those are because they're they've got their 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 sunglasses colored right yeah so, right 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 yeah yeah well so i um i have not yet lost these glasses now that we're talking about it um i'm sure i will um <clears throat> I'm, I'm i'm like i i don't know uh eight, 20 months into glasses wearing um, and I've not left them in a hotel room or in the back of, a, um, of, you know, the seat, seat back of, of, at an, on an airplane, which is the two places that I've probably lost the most amount of things in my life. Uh, so, um, air, uh, not airplane bathrooms, although we will be talking about airplanes here in a minute, Don. Mm. Um, I'm oh. sure, I'm sure, you know, where, I, where this is every, going. every Every podcast that I've listened to so far this week has talked about this. I'm like, all, hmm, all the channels we probably should talk about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but I, I've I've lost a passport in uh, on an airplane in the back seat. Oh. Yeah, um, I've left. Um, I almost left an iPad there. I mean, I did leave it, but I got off the plane and then was able to go back on the plane to get it, which they usually mm. don't let you do that. They don't let you do um, that. Yeah, I, I must have looked panicked, panicked. Yeah, that I had done that. Um, well, we, anyway. I think, and I, I think we talked about this. Kristen left an iPad on a plane once, uh, which we, we took, we took the plane to France, um, and oh. left the iPad on the plane. Um, and we ended up getting her a new iPad cause it's kind of an important part of her, her workflow. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> um, yes. uh, and, and then, um, and then, um, we reported it and eventually we got it back. So then she became a two iPad person. <laughs> oh, I'm, you know, so, I'm a two, which is. I'm yeah, which is I like that, which is actually it, it makes a lot of sense because, I mean, she uses each of those iPads gets more use than her laptop, which she also has, because sometimes you just need a laptop. But yep. but by yep. far uh, she, and she, her iPad for her is really her her chosen her preferred device more than her phone. Like for me, if I've got a mobile device with me, it's my phone. And so, you know, I'm a laptop and phone and then iPad some of the time and she's laptop iPads all the time phone some of the time and laptop very rarely so that's yeah i'm a i'm a i'm a two i'm a two uh, ipad kind of guy like a um an 11 and a and a mini 
Yeah. Um, and they've got different uses, different, different, uh, what, what, uh, work, work cases. Is that a thing? No business. It's got a, it's got a different mm. business case, business case. Uh, yeah. Business case for, yeah. Um, I like the, I like the mini, uh, when I'm reading stuff in bed, uh, I use it as like kind of like a Kindle, although I have a Kindle too for when I'm outside and I don't want to worry and it's like waterproof and I don't worry about it. Um, and I use it on the, on the couch, but, but I, uh, I got my, my, the 11 inch, I, I take around to meetings and I'm write notes on it and stuff like that. So yeah. Oh, here we go. Um, hmm. so, uh, I, uh, we, we got to come back, uh, um, put a pin in it. You know, last, last episode, we talked a lot about some corporate talk and not once did we put anything in the parking lot or put a pin in it. And I was disappointed oh, that those yeah. didn't come up. So wow. I needed to use them today. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, we got to circle back on that one. We, we got to circle back and get aligned. If it, you know, yes. if, Yeah. If, oh, I, you know, I am all about the alignment, Ben. Yeah. Um, yep. do you know, have do you, what is, what's your, what's your alignment? My alignments, um, little, I mean, usually to the right. Um, mm. and yeah. And, and, but, but no, no, you're confusing. You're confusing how you, how you dress. Sir. Oh, fair how, enough. How, yes, how do you yes. dress, sir? Um, I, no, I, I, I was I, thinking like I was thinking your Dungeons and Dragons alignment, you know, oh, like, like John uh, John Roderick is a lawful as a, a chaotic good. Okay, um, I uh, D and D alignment chart. Let's see. Yeah, um, I'm. Uh, and we should uh, probably. Th this is probably a project for another day where we actually go and do a. I'm sure there must be surveys you can take that will tell you, you know, whether your uh, what your Myers Briggs number is, yeah. or how much woo you have, or what your D and D alignment is. Yeah, I'm, I'm a I'm an ENTG um, uh, twelve twelve star. I don't know what that means. Uh, I, I think With I lots feel, of woo. Yeah, I'm probably you know I'm probably if I had to guess, I'm probably chaotic good. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I want to be. That's I want my alignment to be chaotic good. Those those uh, sounds like that's what I identify with without knowing right. anything right. about exactly. it. Exactly. Just exactly. seeing this this chart. That that yeah. But I'll, I'm gonna I'm gonna check that out. Um, so, uh, I, I was, uh, I, I mentioned in the last episode, uh, hockey season has started. So mm -hmm. I, I've been, uh, I went to, uh, went to Her Hershey, Pennsylvania, the oh, chocolate, yay, chocolate yeah, town yeah. USA. Yeah. You um, were, you were telling me you were going to do that. Yep, right. It, yep. I did. Uh, didn't even, did. didn't even stop by New Jersey on your way. Say hi or anything. We did. We were, it's okay. We were, yeah. We, we went through the, um, uh, the DC corridor to get there. Yeah, no, it's you. Yeah. It would be out of your way to come by my house. It would as be much as I would have would have liked to have visited. It's yeah, not really on the way. No, yeah. but maybe maybe some someday we'll we'll be uh, we'll be in Milltown uh, for, for a <laughs> for hockey our, tournament. For our noted noted hockey rink. Yeah, for Milltown. yeah for the yeah the Milltown Memorial well, you know, uh, Auditorium. You know, you, might you if if you here's the thing if you're headed from your house to let's say the Meadowlands which I think is the place where they play hockey you yeah. would come right by my house so well, that, exit nine true. on the turnpike exit nine yeah uh, there's a Milltown um, there's a Milltown roller hockey rink I see um, ice skating near me in Milltown New Jersey um, Princeton Sports Center Pro Skate New Jersey okay. in Mon Monmouth Mon Monmouth Junction um, okay. Uh, Somerset, so, Monmouth Junction, Monmouth Junction, surprisingly not in Monmouth County, but I guess that would be uh, where you would change trains to get to Monmouth County. I oh, guess I don't know back when there used to be trains uh, that went there. Well, are you now close it's just a stop on the corridor? Are you close? You close to the uh, to Somerset, New Jersey? Uh, not too all. far. Not too yeah, far. Pro Protech Hockey <laughs> Ponds Ice Center is there, according to the internet. Okay. 
Um, so, uh, yeah, we, uh, we did a little, uh, did a little hockey. Didn't do, didn't do great. Uh, had, had some fun. Oh, you know? Sorry yeah, about it, that. It's okay. Um, it, you know, is it, that, is it true? It's not whether you win or lose. It's how you play the game. It's how, it's how you that, play is the that game. True? Yep. And, and we are here. That. We're here for fun, Don. Are is, we? Are is, we? Is, well, we're the, here for fun for sure. We're here for fun. Um, it's the most important is, part is fun. Having fun. Is, is it, is it really though? I mean, like, t- tell me like, just, just pretend it's just the two of us. <laughs> Some no sometimes I you know okay. and and this is the this is the dirty little little secret is that winning's fun and and mm, losing mm. and losing is not is not, not as, as fun. fun so yeah so um but but there it, the what what is what is good about an early tournament or early season tournament is if you do really well it kind of sets your your stage right like you you're always right. chasing that chasing the dragon right 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 um. But and if you don't do well, then now you're, you're you got room for improvement. You got room for improvement. You got you, You've got a that. That's a growth mindset that you they right. they get into. Growth mindset. Growth got mindset. It. Yeah. So so anyway. Um. Okay. Uh. So we did that. Um. Mm-hmm. I'm now in uh, three three days a week on on practices, which is which is fun, and and I enjoy. I think I mentioned this. I enjoy hanging out with my kids and the other kids that I coach and it's, it's fun. And it's, it's a lot of, it's a lot of time, but it was nice to be like, this will sound wild and, and, and people will disagree with this. People disagree with me all the time on the internet. Um, I'd like to point out. Um, but, uh, especially if you work for the CDC, it's, it's usually someone, someone directly at the CDC doesn't like my, my takes on, on risk. Really? Yep. Yep. Really? Um, huh. that's yep. weird because they never email me. <laughs> no, no, no. Agree with risky, but disagree with at Benjamin Chapman is the tweet I received this morning. Nice. Um, yeah. Uh, well, so, okay. yeah. Uh, so, so it's a little I, passive aggressive. Yeah. That me for me or, or both of us. No, them. Yeah, no, no, yeah. no, no, you're, I, I always support you. I'm yeah. Those, 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 those jerks from the CDC coming into your <laughs> menchies. <laughs> uh, I, I kid. Uh, so, but I, um, this sounds, this, this probably doesn't sound like everybody's a cup of tea. Uh, but I, we, I spent, um, uh, a total of, uh, 13 hours in a van with, uh, two other dads and two other kids this weekend, just going back and forth between North Carolina and, and uh, Pennsylvania. And then I'll, you know, some other van time back and forth from the hotel to, um, to where we ate and, and, and hockey games and stuff like that. And it's, it's delightful. Like it's, it's so much fun. I enjoy, I, I, I'm, I enjoy the journey of it. Um, and it's not, it's, it's just cool to hang out with, um, with fun people. Um, so, so now, yeah. so two, two dads, two kids or, yep. or, t- t- uh, plus your kids. Yep. Yep. Or, my one, so, my one, okay. six of us. Total. One. Yep. Six total. But yep. then there's gotta be other vans with other dads and kids or parents and kids. Cause you, cause yep. that's not enough for a team, not hmm. enough for a team. Yeah. So, so sometimes a whole family goes, um, this, this one, uh, no one flew to because it's kind of hard to get to Hershey, yeah, um, yeah. from, from Raleigh, but sometimes people will fly and then rent a car. Mm-hmm. So, so if we go yeah. to, we'll, we'll go to Tampa later this year. Um, I'm a driver. Like I, mm-hmm. I, I've, I have never once, and this mm-hmm. isn't like a, it, it's not like a promise or, or something that, um, that I, I have, you know, principled about. I just, mm-hmm. I, I have not flown to a hockey tournament before. Danny has, has flown with Jack before when I've been with, with Sam at another tournament, but, mm-hmm. um, but I like to drive. I like to get in the car. I like to have, mm-hmm. I like to have my car when I'm there. Um, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, yeah. frug- I'm frugal. 
um, around this. Like I spend enough money that I don't um, with with hockey related things that I I feel like I I also have a car that I don't want to rent one, uh, hmm. and and yeah, and I'd spend that I'd much rather spend that money on um, on things when I'm there. Um, so yeah. It, yeah. Uh, so yeah, so there there are a few different uh, uh, groups of, of vans that went up. Some people carpool, some people go individually, and hmm. and we all hang out at the same hotel. Um, and then some, you know, few people go out to eat to dinner together. It's it is a, it's a lovely weekend away, and we get mm-hmm. to play hockey. Uh, well, I don't get to play, but I get to coach it. So it's yeah, yeah. it's fun. It's a lot of fun. Oh, it's um, nice. Yeah. So so this weekend we're we're off, but then every weekend until Thanksgiving somebody is playing either here in Raleigh or, or out of town in my family. So not, mm-hmm. you know, there's, there's hockey all around. Um, so, um, did, did we talk about white Lotus at all? Have you watched, have you watched it? We have not watched it. I have heard people talk about it. Um, I, like I don't, it. I'm, our TV does not get that show yet. Um, okay. So, so yeah. But, yeah. It, it is so 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 i will we we finished the first season we're slow mm. i savor this this show we've not binged it like i'm good for one you know they're they're um some of the episodes are like 45 minutes but i have to pay attention i can't do other stuff yeah. no ipad time yeah yeah and um and yeah so we finished the first season it was really is really good and it's things that we liked about it it is beautifully shot it has mm-hmm. a um an orangey red hue to it that makes you feel Mm -hmm. like it's late in the afternoon you know Mm -hmm. you know when you know like when when it's real clear out and it's blue in the morning and then it's a Mm -hmm. little red there's there's science behind that um that i've learned Mm -hmm. about Mm -hmm. um Mm -hmm. and but it feels the whole show kind of feels like that like it feels it's a little bit it's got a filter on it and i like it and the music is great and the characters are great um so yeah i'm uh we're 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 fans and um um jennifer jennifer coolidge um you might know her from um being um uh, stifler's mom in the uh mm-hmm. fantastic american pie uh, uh series of movies from from my youth uh she she plays just a wonderful she's just a wonderful character and everything she does i think is funny so um yeah so if you if you get a chance on your tv if it ever gets that that show you should check mm-hmm. it out yeah, so we I've I've started I've started keeping track of what we were watching, um, just for to, to remind us because sometimes we forget, um, and and also um for on the show. So we uh we have lately we've been watching Foundation on Apple Plus, yes, which is yes. which is quite good. Um, and then also we've been watching a show called uh special ops lioness um which is about um uh a, basically a group of cia spy people um that where the one of them gets embedded with uh somebody who's a family member of a bad person that they want to take down um and then we can only usually watch one serious thing a night and then we got to go to something lighter. And then the, the light, the lighter thing is a, um, a, a, a show uh, with Marianne Margulis. Do you know Marianne Margulis? Um, Professor Sprout from Harry Potter. Uh, not, that's not helping. Um, okay. Oh, really? Huh? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to look Marianne Margulis, Marianne Margulis. The, the uh, legal assistant Rosada uh, and Luciolo PC in New York, New York, different Marianne Margulis. 
Yeah, um, uh, Mar- Margoli, Mir- I'll, Miriam. Miriam I'll, I'll Mar- Mar- Margolis. Miriam yeah, Margolis. So, and and, yes. I'm, weird, and I'm, I'm not saying it right because she actually said her name on the show uh, the other day, and I realized I'm not saying it right. I so, got it. I found her. Um, I found her. Yeah. All right. So, so she has a show where she's, uh, go- and she, she did a wonderful show with Alan Cumming, Alan Cumming or Cummings. Um, yeah, from the uh, British, they, the British guy. Right. The British yeah. guy. Right. And she's British also. Uh, but actually she has just become an Australian citizen and, oh. and this latest show it's called almost Australian. And she basically gets in a van and she drives around Australia and it's pretty, it's pretty good. It's a bunch of weird quirky people that she meets. Uh-huh. Um, so yeah, so we're, uh, we're enjoying it. Miriam there's, she, uh, I see this lost in Scotland up for grabs yep. Miriam's yep. big American adventure. I like these, you know, I am a fan of these type of shows. Uh, we, we talked about uh, travels with my father. Yep. Um, yep. yep. With, uh, or tra- I think that's what it's called. Travels with my father, uh, travels with my father, Jack Whitehall. Love that show. Um, so, okay, good, good. I will, I'm, this sounds like something I would be interested in. I will, I might get that. Yeah. I might all, get all that of- channel. Yeah. Yeah. All of the, uh, all of the stuff that she's made has, has been quite good. Um, yeah. And you, and you don't even have to start with this one. You could start with one of the earlier ones. The one in where she travels around Scotland with Alan Cummings is just, is just a delight. Um, I, I think it's a little, I like it a little bit better than when she's by herself, but this one is not bad. And it, it is definitely, it is, it is showing me a side of Australia that I have never seen before. Huh. So it's quite, it's quite interesting. Oh, oh, and in fact, that's reminded me, um, um, that uh, Kristen has never seen um, the movie The Gods Must Be Crazy, which is quite an old, old movie. But yeah. we've now got that on our list of things to watch because I have only watched it once and I remember it was a lot of a lot of fun. So, yeah, right. right. I'm, I'm I remember uh, we we did not have HBO in Canada. We had something that I think was called Super Channel or first choice or something <laughs> like, of course, right? Like we were very, we're very, it's in that all merged into something like called the movie network. Anyway, I remember watching the gods must be crazy on that when it came out when my, cause my grandfather was really into movies. So we had to go to his house to watch super channel. Okay. Um, yeah. Super uh, channel. That's great. Yeah. Um, yeah. Super channel. I betcha we can find this super channel Canada. Um, I, it apparently still exists. Uh, I bet you it's something different now. Um, okay. So, um, so, so sorry. So oh, yeah. one, one more thing only because I've got, as always, a bunch of Safari windows open and I've got the main Safari window for the show that we're recording right now, but I see a Safari window in the background, which reminded me of a thing that I wanted to talk to you about. So this is a little bit of department head chair slash productivity talk and it doesn't yeah. have to be long but i did want to dip into this a little bit and i have a i have a confession to make um i'm off omnifocus oh okay okay what so, so yeah go I, ahead go say, tell have, me more <laughs> okay so I I was struggling, you know, and I keep coming back to a wonderful line from Merlin Mann, um, like about compost in your crisper, right? Yep, like yep. if you have if you have vegetables in the crisp, and this is sort of actually it's going to be it might be related to a topic I want to talk about later, a food safety topic later on the show. But if you have um, uh, produce in the crisper drawer in your fridge and you don't take care of it, it turns into compost. Um, 
And then um, all you do is you just sort of keep it there and you don't do anything with it. And you don't want to put fresh produce in there because you know it's bad, but then you don't ever clean it out. And that was kind of what my OmniFocus had become. Mm-hmm, and so mm-hmm. um, I made this switch and I I, I don't want to be one of these people that's constantly refreshing um the um 43 folders website looking for tips <laughs> tips know? and tricks um yeah tips and tricks um but i switched to a, a program which i keep wanting to call taskmaster <laughs> it's not yes, taskmaster yes. it's task which is ta- oh and, and also my wife texted me earlier today very excited new new season of taskmaster coming um but uh it's called task paper task paper and I think I, and yes. it is it is a text-based system um, it has a lot of the same features as OmniFocus and where where OmniFocus I would describe as a jet fighter. Um, task paper is more like a Volkswagen um, bug <laughs> or a Volkswagen van. <laughs> got it. Got it. Does it, it sort of it's sort of do it yourself. Yeah. Can, can you can you send things? The thing that I really love about, about OmniFocus yeah. is that I get an email and then I can just forward yep. it to my inbox. Yep. Does that so? Is there no. something similar? The short, okay. the short answer is no. And and one of the other downsides of Task Paper is it does not have an iOS version. But what you can do, there is well, there is a, an iOS version that's not very good that people don't like. That's not by the same developer. But mm. there is an app called Editorial for iOS. And editorial understands the task paper format. And so you can look at your task paper document or multiple documents using editorial. And and another, another I think, advantage of task paper over OmniFocus is OmniFocus really wants you to have one file, right? Yes. For everything. Yes. Um, and then you can separate stuff with tags. With task paper, you can have as many files as you want. So, okay. Yeah. So I'm, huh. and, and so really, and it, and, and it did, I started using it. And it, and what it did was it once once I started using it, it immediately unclogged my email backlog because what happens is um, OmniFocus turns into compost. I don't want to put stuff in there, and so I leave it in my inbox, <clears throat> and then my inbox becomes my OmniFocus, right? My inbox becomes my task manager, which is not not a good. great situation. Yeah. Um, uh, and so once I started using Task Paper, it immediately cleared out my inbox. But you know what's happened now, Ben? <laughs> Yeah, uh, papers it, on the verge of becoming a compost in the CRISPR. Right, um, right. That, so, so I, you know, I have, I've, I've, I know, I know what the problem is. The problem is me, right? The problem is not having the right. It's not. It's not not having the right software. It's me. Um, but I, it, it's still, it's. I'm still enjoying it, and I, and I, I'm still managing better than I was with OmniFocus. But now my task paper has kind of become out of control, and my task paper inbox has filled up, and so. Um, but the, the short answer to your question is no, there is not an easy way to get something into your inbox. You have to actually put it in there. So, uh, there is a, uh, a project in task paper or there is a project I created called inbox and that's where things start. Um, gotcha. and then it's pretty easy to tag them or to move them to other projects. So, got, uh, got yeah, it. and it's, it's a little fiddly because <clears throat> It's all text, and so people have written scripts, and you know, there's all there's all different ways that you can hack it, um, which you know has the potential to be like, oh, I'm going to rearrange my tasks instead, of, and that's how I'm managing them, which is not real. Again, it's more like you know, again, uh, the, the guy sitting in the chair, um, uh, fat guy sitting in a chair eating donuts, saying more tips about running. You know, <laughs> right, um, right. I, I need more tips about running. 
Uh, no, you need to you need to actually go run. Um, but yeah, so it's uh, anyway, it's been a journey, but I'm enjoying it so far. And I'm not. And I, again, it's pointed out to me that what the problem is, which I already knew already was me. But uh, but yeah, I'm, I'm uh, emails pretty good and and task papers pretty good and I'm enjoying it. So anyway, so I thought I'd just briefly put that out there. So that's good. That I like that. I I'm still um, I, I go back and forth. Well, and not back and forth like I, I I'm all in on either of them. I utilize mm -hmm. drafts and mm -hmm. OmniFocus mm -hmm. together yep. in my in my yep. workflow, um, and I love clearing emails to the inbox. And so my yep. big thing, the the two, I guess from a department head uh, um, mm -hmm. chair talk productivity. What I've started doing, and it's less important over the summer, but now that things are real, like structured in my house, and and uh, you know everybody's working and everybody's at school and that kind of thing. Um, mm -hmm. I I get to my I, I come to my office um uh, almost every day pretty much every day um and the early like what yesterday morning when i got here was about 10 after 7 and i spent mm -hmm. maybe 30 minutes going through omnifocus in my calendar and mm -hmm. cleaning it cleaning it up like right. get d d cleaning out the the crisper the fr like right uh, just, right on, yeah. a, on a, a weekly basis. And the other thing that I've found has become important for me in reviewing what's happening in the week is mm -hmm. there are lots of times where, you know, people put stuff on your calendar or you I, like, I, I have a system of if I, if I need to know that something on my calendar is happening, but I'm not sure I'm going to go to it, I say maybe to it. Right. To right. And, right. and so, so then I take that time on Monday morning to review the maybes and be like, right. no, I'm, I'm not doing that. I actually don't need to know this. And it, it, it was a maybe I placed there three months ago. Let's just get rid of it. So I now have like a fairly clean sheet on my um, on my my calendar where there's not a lot of overlap of issues. Um, uh, you know, so so I got a good sense of what I'm doing on a daily basis, and then I'm like making sure that I'm using OmniFocus to be like, have I missed anything that that needs to go in in these like that, that are associated with those calendar uh, situations right or invites so yeah, yeah. interesting well, and I, right. I will i will yeah. i will say too because because drafts is also all text um there are i don't know what the proper name for them there are there are you can you can you can basically manage your task paper tasks in drafts it's mm. a little i i don't it's a little bit complicated because drafts is all about um <clears throat> iCloud, right? Like I love yeah. the fact that the drafts on my Mac are the same as the drafts on my uh, phone, the same as the drafts on my uh, iPad. Yep. Um, but that's all iCloud. And for task paper, um, I'm using Dropbox. Uh, and so uh, I can get to my task paper from iOS in Dropbox. And, and and that's how it looks in editorial. I don't I don't know enough to know. It was, I knew it was complicated enough that I that I wanted to, to keep task paper in Dropbox rather than iCloud. Um, but I don't know enough. I, I, if iCloud syncing is great for drafts because I don't have to think about it. But if I was going to put task paper, I, I again, um, this is where I'm I'm not totally sure. I think it would be possible to get them to interface, but it might. But I but maybe not. So, but anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, interesting. I I might download it and mess around with it, um, and see if it fits into my it's, stuff. Yeah, it is. Again, it's it's really a lightweight version of OmniFocus, um, which is kind of what I need. That's right good. Now. I need something more lightweight. You yeah, know? yeah. The, the, it's not it's not overwhelming, right? 
to yeah, jump and, and into it's it. fresh, right? Like it's yeah. it's got it, it's it's it has the potential to turn into compost, but it's not super composty right now. So um, yeah, and I'm I'm I don't know. It was it was a nice it was a nice change for me. Let's let's see where I am in in six months. I may be back to OmniFocus yeah. or onto some other thing. Which again, I'm very. I'm very aware that I don't want to just be chasing a task manager, right? I what I really want to do is get my my stuff done. Yeah, are you still um you still seeing your your guru? Your I am. Your... I am. Excellent. <clears throat> and that that's fan that's cool. And was this was this part of the conversation? No. 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 Okay. So, I'm going to it's going to be a, a interesting conversation when I when I explain that yeah. I'm, I've, I've pivoted to, uh, to now it came, it came pretty soon after I had a meeting with him and I'm not sure what the triggering event was, but it was like, yeah, you know, I should try something new. And it, it, it was, like I said, it immediately unblocked everything. Mm. Um, but, but then at the same time, it, it all clogged up again because again, the problem is me. Yeah. Well, <laughs> and it's a problem. We're all the problem. What's every, yeah, <laughs> yeah, um, exactly. Yeah. It, yeah, it's it, it. There's lots. Uh, hey, so I I gotta you know, and I, I don't want to um, bring I don't know bring our conversation down, but we had kind of a terrible situation here at our sister um, institution where where a faculty member got like murdered by his oh um, uh, graduate Damn. student. Yeah, I in the did middle. Not know that. Yeah. So so oh, UNC. Crap. Yeah, and so anyway, it's it's been. Um, I, I did. I had it on my list to to sort of talk to you about today um, because it it has led to some stuff that we're trying to figure out um, on uh, um, you know in, in my department and on on campus and stuff. Um, so I, I mean I don't know all the um, the uh, you know the background um, at all uh, on this, but it it sounds like it was a. Um, a targeted event, um, and but it resulted in like a, an active shooter alert that went out to the UNC campus, and um, and just like not having everybody who's like a faculty member or an administrator all on the same page on what to do, and it made me we're we're kind of revisiting this here in our department, um, and at the college level and at the university to be like, okay, what do we like? If if something you know an event like this happens, how how do we, um, you know how do we respond? And so like, for instance, you know some faculty just kept teaching during during this. Some dismissed their 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 class. Some knew about the event and then decided that they would just move their class to Zoom. And all of that stuff's really messy, right? Like there's no great great sort of answer to it, um, but. You know, for, first and foremost, it's like one of these like I don't know, just wild situations where um, where a faculty member is you know is um, I you know um, you know killed by by a, a student or a postdoc. I don't know the all the details, um, and uh, but you know and and just like I can't imagine what it's like to be on a campus where something like this is happening. And the I've, I have a few close colleagues who are on campus went fairly close by um, at uh, UNC uh, Chapel Hill when this happened. So I was texting with them. It's like, wow, it's just wild. So anyway, I don't know. I don't know. Spend too much time um, talking about it because I don't think that there's a real solution. But it's it's one thing that a week ago this time um, popped up as something that that's now now something that I feel like we need to figure out, do a better job. Um, yeah. 
Yeah. Um, wow. So serious, so, yeah, serious stuff. So yeah, I've been talking yeah. to somebody in our psychiatric services uh, that was, I was put into touch in contact with from a mutual friend who wants to start a uh, mental health, interested in starting a mental health support group mm. um, on campus. And I think that's like, so, so important, right? Like, yeah. I mean, you know, like, like, yeah, graduate school, college is stressful. Graduate school is stressful. We need to like pay attention when there are warning signs and we need to try to, yeah, pr protect, you know, protect everybody, right? Like take care of people that are, you know, not well, that, that might be thinking about something like this. We need to like, like take action and, and yeah. 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 And, and, and like just have better support systems, both like yeah. for identifying for like toxic yep. relationship situations and, and yeah, everything. So anyway, just, yeah. Raise, what, what to my, um, I, you know, as, as often happens when an event happens, it raises the, the priority to, to, to figure out how you handle right. an event, right? Like, it, like, yeah, it's like one of these things that's, that, it, you know, uh, uh, you know, mass shootings happen every, every day throughout the U S and you kind of get numb to it. And then, and, and so it's like, yeah, it's something that we should work on and figure out. But, but when something's close and, and very pertinent to, you know, similar type of situation is what I exist in every day. It's like, okay, yeah, no, really now, really we need to do yeah. something. Yeah, so, exactly. Um, yeah. Um, okay. So another, I, I do want to get into some like food safety stuff. Um, I want to sure. come back to the, um, I, I, I'm, we're going to break some news here. First of all, um, Ooh, I just, yeah, exciting. cause I've got inside some inside knowledge and I'm not going to tell you, tell anybody who, who it's from. Um, but I've got, I got people on the ground that are related mm. to this tragic, like, um, outbreak that's happening mm. in, uh, Calgary, uh, Ontario and Calgary, Ontario. Oh. oh gosh. Calgary, Alberta daycares. So, oh. so I, I just sent you, Whoa. um, something from yesterday that said, uh, parents concerned after E. coli outbreak at Calgary daycares, number of confirmed cases rise to 56. Um, have you heard anything about this at all? I Am I bre breaking want, it to you? I, I want to say I have heard something, but I think I'm conflating this with the E. coli in kids outbreak um, linked to irrigation water that we oh. recently talked about on um, our other show, Risky or Not. So I, I don't think I've heard about this. So. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. Wow. So I I saw I like read something on, over the weekend on this um, that there were some you know I don't know it was like twelve cases or something. Uh, the, uh, but I'll read from this on Tuesday. Uh, Alberta Health Services said fifty six cases of E. coli infection have been confirmed, a spike from seventeen that had been confirmed Monday evening, which is what I'd read initially. So growing, right? Seventeen to fifty six. Right. Here's the breaking news. My inside knowledge, Don, um, says. Uh, as of uh, about 20 minutes ago, 175 cases, yep. uh, eight HUS, 18 hospital, two on dialysis. Oof. Um, yeah. And, and so this is linked to a series of daycares. I think it's like 11 different daycares that have been mm -hmm. closed. They um, all uh, get their food from a central um, kitchen uh, mm -hmm. that's run by the daycares. And so that's right. the, the link. It's food yep. From, yep. from that. Yep. But um uh but the i think the, the you know one of the scary parts is that there would be um a, a whole bunch of um you know secondary cases in daycares right like that's the you've got right. the food but then kids in daycares we know whether right. it's Shigella or um, right. 
you know, uh, you know, norovirus or shigatoxin producing E. coli, just there, it's, it's close, close, you know, um, quarters and, and lots, you know, maybe hygiene's really difficult when you got a, you know, two-year-old, right? So, um, and, yeah. And do we know the, the ratio of, of uh, secondary cases to primary not, cases? Not yet. I don't think that that's been done. I think that right now right. the, the common sources, you know, all these cases have been linked to, um, attending these these daycares um, or having a child that attended the daycare. So there are some right. secondary cases right there. Right. Um, yeah. So, um, I mean, we'll, we'll keep our eye on this because this is, it's like a big, it's a big deal. Like that couple hundred people sick from an outbreak, that's, that's big. This is a, yeah. this is a sizable um, situation. Um and it, and, and it looks like from the the Calgary Herald article that you sent, at least the parents think it's the meatloaf. Um, right. Not clear why they think that, but yeah, it certainly could be right. Could be meatloaf uh, makes sense. Yeah, but yeah, I don't think um, it, you know to be determined, right? Uh, right. On that. Um, and and you know this early, you know the five six days after illnesses happen, what could what could lead to that perception is. Um, you know, the um, our armchair epidemiology or Alberta Health Services asking about what was consumed, right? Like, and they're right. trying to figure out what the odds ratios look like. So, right. Um, so, yeah. Oh, but man, 18, 18 cases of, um, of HUS is a lot. Yeah. Wow. Um, wow. So, cool. Um, so and if, if I get any more information uh, from my inside sources uh, as this uh, as, as this unfolds, I will I will I will break it here again. Um, well, let's let's get let's get less heavy and let's talk about diarrhea plane. <laughs> okay, have you seen any videos about this? I have not seen any videos. It All has right. been covered on it was covered on the episode of Chapo Trap House that I listened to today. I believe it was also covered on uh, New Abnormal, which is the other political podcast I listened to uh, that I listened to the other day. So I've heard about it only from two podcasts that are not about food safety. So, well, you're about to get. Um, Do I have uh, to watch it for the show? Yeah, it's for it's for your work. Um, so, so the daily mail, um, all, always known for their couthness. <laughs> is that the opposite of being uncouth? Couth, couth, I couth, think so. Couth, yeah. Couthiness yeah. tact. Yeah. Um, okay. You, you only need, there's a 20 second video in the link that I just sent you that we'll include in show notes footage from Barcelona bound Delta flight. Got to call out my, my, you know, my preference here. Um, yep. Uh, forced to return to Atlanta shows aftermath of passengers, horrific bout of diarrhea that caused biohazard issue, quote, biohazard issue. Um, you just need to watch the 20 second loop of the video, uh, not the full video. And you'll see in a couple of spots where there is like visible, um, brownish, reddish, Oof. um, diarrhea that's, that's, uh, on the, on the, the carpet of the plane. All right. So help help me out here. Um, where is this video that I'm supposed to be watching on this horrible website? Horrible. Yeah, there's a lot going on, right? So yeah. it should it should be an inside look at Delta flight after passenger had diarrhea, which okay. is about. Oh, and then there's a there's a big button that says watch the full don't, video. Don't do that. But don't, don't do that. Don't Just do that. The small button yeah. and watch the 20, 20 second, second video. Okay. Yeah. And you'll I'm gonna see. Click the, I'm going to click that button right now. 
Yeah. I I don't Okay. Yeah. So well, Oh, it's just filming an empty plane. Yeah. All right, and I guess all right, there's there's uh, oh yeah, there's a big well, all right. Yep. I'm just I'm watching this on a loop now. So just for people that can't see this, it's an empty plane mm-hmm. and there is literal poop uh down the middle of the airplane with and that's been oh now we're switched over to uh um the the co- cockpit. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna turn it off. So wow, yeah. I mean it looks like and again, and people speculated on the podcast like what happened, like because it literally said um diarrhea throughout the plane there it is um and so yeah so obviously this is bad diarrhea it the person it ran down the leg of their pant i'm assuming if they were wearing pants and it and they were trying to get to the toilet and they just ended up you know tracking diarrhea down the plane so yeah yeah wow um there there five hours to clean it up apparently yeah and uh it's a big plane 336 people so Mm -hmm. so what you see in that video it's not a like an M- Embraer, this is like a 757 right. or 767 right. or something, right? Yeah, so well, someone's the walking... kind that you would take from Atlanta to Barcelona. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, so the other thing that that I've learned, uh, thanks to the internet, um, finding this is that there are like publicly available websites where you can listen to air- airplane chatter, right? Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, quote: Divert to ATL. Passenger diarrhea all over aircraft. Dash biohazard. He said. Right. Right. So um, I uh, again, not to opsec anybody, um, but I have a I've got a friend, 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 Who's not a pilot public, for Delta. Um, <laughs> yeah, I think we've talked about this friend before. Yeah. 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 So so well, I he have, wasn't it wasn't his plane, though, right? I, I texted. It is not. It was not his his plane. <laughs> uh yeah so so again maybe I think he's to... a domestic pilot right he he is he's main, yeah. mainly domestic um so yep so i gotta anyway um good yeah fun fun uh uh little thing so but okay so we've talked and we're not i'm not gonna rehash my um my my plane story yeah but my, my kid a long time ago threw up on, on a plane and he, you know i famously i think uh we had a show title that was like inoculating inoculating the plane, the plane. Yep, yep yep where i i dragged his norovirus body um through through uh, the plane well, yeah. on request right on like request they they, yes. they they didn't this in your situation if i remember it correctly they did not divert the plane um but they had you who were sitting way at the back of the plane they had you and your norovirus laden child exit the plane um much as i think the analogy that came to my mind is you know if you've ever done one of those at not atp but uh a, a one of those tests uh those inoculation things yep yep where you inoculate a tube uh that has a bunch of different colored media um that was what you did except in in reverse <laughs> right right exactly yes um and so uh i i i think like i i and again, this is a different episode, but I think being on diarrhea plane is risky. <laughs> I think if you've been uh, sprayed, I think if you've yeah. been sprayed by some yeah. some diarrhea, right, right, like it's it's riskier than not being on diarrhea plane. Oh yeah, I'll choose non-diarrhea plane <laughs> over diarrhea plane any day. Um, I guess the question is, and it's well, I mean, I, I, yeah, I mean, and they, this this was they, they were just talking about this on on Chapo, like like imagine. Like, it's one thing if you're like, you're, cause you're, here's the thing. If you're more than halfway there, you just keep going. Like right, not only, right. not only do these poor people have to sit on this diarrhea plane, but they had to spend two hours on the diarrhea plane and then they weren't, 
they were back where they started. <laughs> yeah, right, right. And then, but then they got, but they also have to like tr- get off through the diarrhea path. Through the diarrhea, yeah, yeah, and um, yeah. I I I can't imagine how, what this scene was like when it unfolded. Um, yeah. So man, I, whew. Um, and so it sounds like they ripped the carpet up and they put them back on the same plane. Um, the so. Oh cool. no! I think they were. I think the no. They cleaned this plane and they used it for another trip. No, I think the people that were going to Barcelona got on a different plane. Oh. Okay, so so it's my understanding. Could, yeah. could be at the Daily Mail, the the one I sent said um uh the you know, quote, mm, the pilots yeah. made the right decision to turn around. The ground crew ripped out the carpet and put in a new one. Considering mm. the circumstances, ground crew did a great job. Yep, that's true. Both this is someone who was posting. Um my partner said the plane was cleaner when they got back on at 2 a.m. than it was the first time they got on. I bet. Oh I bet, yeah. Okay. I bet. So, oh, so maybe but, it was the same plane. All right. Yeah. So um, it smelled like vanilla, uh, apparently, which was better than what they had experienced. Mm. Um, yeah, but here's the thing, Ben. Um, how something smells is not mm. an indication as to whether it's safe. Correct. Correct. Right. I mean, yep. just to be clear. Yep. Um, so, uh, yeah. Anyway, the more I guess more will will I'm sure come out on um, uh, on diarrhea plane uh, over over the next little while. Delta has been uh, quiet about about it. They've not not talked uh, as a uh, quote. Delta has remained tight lipped over specifics, but acknowledged the flight was turned around uh, by an unexpected medical event. Yep. Yep. That is correct. All right. So this is so this conflicting information here. Um, uh, Somebody says, quote, the vanilla scented disinfectant used on it only made it smell like vanilla <laughs> S. Yeah. Asterisk, asterisk, asterisk. Um. And then somebody else said, my partner said the plane was cleaner when they got back on at 2 a.m. than it was the first time and no smell either. So obviously there's some conflicting uh, information here. So, yeah, dribbling, dribbling down the aisle is not good. Oof, uh, it's not. Yeah, not 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 the best flight. How many how many extra points do you think you get from Delta? Oh, no, on this. Like, no, none. no, you get, I th- you get none extra points. Look, no, no. Like as a as a as a status member in delta i think i would if i was calling because i i had i've been delayed um Mm -hmm. or they canceled my flight and i was like so what kind of compensation do i get and they're like well what do you want and i'm like what kind of points can you give me and and then they gave me like uh twenty thousand points so so i think like i mean i think you're gonna get something i think they're giving it's easy to give out points right points are points (laughs) aren't real so (laughs) everything's made up and the points don't matter Right, everything's made up. The points don't matter. It's the it, that's that's the Delta trick. Um, so I feel like they're getting people are going to get some, but it's it whatever it is, it's not enough. And there are going to oh, be oh yes, <laughs> there are going to be some people who never fly Delta again as a result of this. Oh, right, there will some, there will some. be people that will say they will never fly Delta again. But if they've already said that they're never going to fly United again and they're never going to fly Delta again, pretty soon, if you start down that road, Ben, pretty soon you can't fly anywhere. You got nowhere to go. You got yeah. no 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 airlines that you like anymore. And so they all, it's like universities, Ben. They are all terrible, but just in different ways. Right, right. We're all figuring it out, right? Uh, right. Yeah. Um, so, all right. Diarrhea plane is on the list. Now we get to play a game because you and I love games. I mm-hmm. do not. Okay. So first of all, there, there is something you didn't do any pre pre-show work today. Did you on this, on this show? 
Have you read? I any did. Of the things I, that, I, put, oh, no. I put some things in the Dropbox. Yeah. I put. Okay. So you put things right? in. You put things in. But did you take anything out? Did you see? <laughs> did you see something? You're good. You're good at taking, taking the reservation. Yes. You're not but good at holding the reservation. Yeah. So <laughs> I I do not. Please do not open up something that is in there and i will give you a link for this afterwards okay no um, i i'm not looking at the dropbox right now right now i'm good. googling take the reservation seinfeld <laughs> perfect good 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 um you know i i i don't want you to do do the work because this this one i want it to be i want it to be just oh, like, like like a risky or not like a fresh uh, reaction fresh reaction rea Got reaction it. um oh what's going on here how come you won't uh you won't load what i want want to load force reload there we go. All right. Um, uh, we, we've talked about um, my source of all things great for food safety talk, uh, Apple News, something Apple you News. don't subscribe to, totally fine. There is an, uh, a publication called Well and Good. I don't know if it exists anywhere else other than in Apple News. I mean, they have a website, okay. but I've never heard of it before this. Um, <laughs> um, uh, here is a headline that, that Don, you like we couldn't have written a better headline for um uh um uh, uh food safety talk quote i am a food safety expert and these okay. are the five most common mistakes oh. i see when it comes to contamination risk right like this is well, this is really what our podcast has become i find something on on apple news we just dissect it and it's hilarious for you and i so, so I want you to guess five, again, five most common mistakes I see when it comes to contamination risk. Um, and is this, is, is this food service focused? Nope. Kitchens, home, home kitchens. Oh, home kitchens. Okay. Home kitchens. Five, five most common kitchen risks, according to uh, some hypothetical food safety expert. Yes. And, um, and can I, can I give you... Yeah. Can I give you it's it just because it, it gets a little fun here. So I what would that portray to you? Is it would it be that there are five things that this person thinks are risky because they are five most common mistakes yeah. I see when yeah. it comes to contamination would, risk? Yeah, I would yeah. I would give I would give five tips on things people shouldn't do in their kitchen, right? Like I would say, um, people don't wash their hands, uh, people chop uh raw meat and vegetables on the same cutting board people's refrigerators are not at the right temperature um people use uh dish towels and uh don't wash them often enough and maybe uh sponges they leave their sponges in the sink like if i had to just sort of spitball yep, yep, five yep. things that i think about those are the kind of things that i would think about excellent so you you got number three okay uh, the five everything that you just said right absolutely falls under under uh number three on the list which is poor kitchen hygiene oh okay um, yes so it's so it's, it's i mean they could it's have made a, this list a lot longer yeah like, so, it, so there's not enough padding in this list can i tell you that the person who listens to this or who who wrote this i think listens to other podcasts which is called risky or not because oh. number three on this list is poor kitchen hygiene um colon risky they're that they're stealing our bit Dawn. poor kitchen hygiene risky okay so so now you, you're you're correct you did a great job there um there are four other things that are on this list some of them are they don't say um uh risky 
um, they now have one of them is potentially risky. So we've got there are three riskies. There is one potentially risky. And Don, there's one that says use discretion. <laughs> what does that mean? I don't know. I don't know. Like, so, like I understand risky. Um, yes. Potential. So here's the thing. Yeah. yeah. Ben, are you are you familiar with the definition of risk? Right. So risk is about hazard, severity and probability. Right? Like that's the actual definition yes. of risk. Right. And so yep. so something is risky, um, but something is potentially risky. Like that's there's no. Yep. There's no. It's, is, it's, is there a difference? It's, it's, no, because no, no because difference. risky is already potential in 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 the in the in the definition. It's potential. I mean, it's it's kind of like it's like kind of like potentially hazardous food, right? There's a reason why we don't use that term anymore because it's not really helpful. Um, <laughs> but anyway, sorry. So we got we got, no. we got risky, we got potentially risky, and we got what was the what was the third category? Use your discretion. Use your discretion. Well. <laughs> Here's the thing. I'm going to use my discretion in all of these. All of these are risky. All of these are potentially risky. This is if this is someone who listens to our show, Ben, they, they're not paying attention. It, it's amazing. It's amazing. So, OK, so so you got one of them. Um, do you want to guess at any of the others? Just because it's not it's not all like everything that you said, um, it, you know, and, and but even one. Yeah, it falls under one, except let me just tell you that here are the, all the other things that fall under that in addition to the things that you said. Putting a utensil okay. back in a jar after it's been in your mouth, that's, mm -hmm. that's, that's also part of poor kitchen hygiene. Might have, might have, might have done that in the last but, 24 hours. Yep. Uh, uh, see uh, Ted, Ted Lasso's peanut butter. Ted Lasso, um, yep. Yeah. Um, uh, leaving leftovers on the counter for a long time. Mm, okay uh what does that mean oh it doesn't there's no further <laughs> there's no further information okay don all right um, here's another one also under poor kitchen hygiene colon risky not washing hands or utensils enough <laughs> well i did i had i had hand washing in what i said but right? enough was, enough not washing well no, enough 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 yeah enough um <sighs> Don, not thoroughly disinfecting your sink, which I'm in on that one. You know, see. well, I, I, yeah, I had sponges, which is yep. I was gonna put that, sponges and sinks kind of go together for me, yep. but yes, not thoroughly disinfecting your sink. Okay, I'll, I'll, I'll allow it. And dis disinfecting, and here's one that I didn't see coming, Don, your dishwasher. Okay, um, I'm pretty yep. sure that doesn't need to be disinfected because it <laughs> it gets cleaned when you wash things in it. But yep, correct, okay. correct, yep. So that's don't how, how I would. Yep. interpret that but yes yep. okay so so anyway um you're i mean do you have any other guesses because i could i'm just gonna run this down if if not. no because if all all of my guesses were in one of these and and in that in that in that entry that where all of my my things fell um that was risky right yep yep all right but we still gotta we still gotta know what's potentially risky and then what's where i should use my discretion so yep and and yeah. i will say this I, I the reason why I thought it was all about what happens in the kitchen. I I think I've misread it a little bit because it is confusing. But it's common mistakes I see when it comes to contamination risk. And I'm going to give you the 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 five starting with number five, right? Okay. Not the we'll do not it like, the one a, the like a David Letterman top ten list. Exactly. Right. Exactly. No, number five, eating foods at parties and picnics, and this is the one that that garnered the use discretion. So so again, okay, um, eating foods. Well, uh -huh. here's the thing, Ben. 
eating foods, period. Yep. <laughs> eating, eating foods, foods is risky. Period. Not eating foods is, is, is as, as Dean Clyburn used to say, the risk <laughs> of not eating still outweigh the risk of eating. It's so greatest... yes, eating is risky, but not eating is riskier. Yep. So, so uh, again, I'm a food safety expert. These are the five most common mistakes I see when it comes to contamination risk. Number five is eating foods at parties and picnics. Okay. <laughs> and the mistake is to do it, I guess, but also use discretion. It's unclear whether it's risky. Um, the quote, the food danger zone is rarely paid attention to during big events like parties or picnics. Depends. Um, not at my house. I know. Not at your house. Uh yeah. Um, with, with that, with that in mind, err on the side of caution when it's time to eat at your next social event, all within reason, of course, reaching for a slice of freshly delivered pizza is fair game, but it's worth thinking twice about biting into a burger that's been in, sitting out in the sun for a few hours or scooping the last bit of hummus without knowing whose hands or saliva have been out of the mix. I don't Anyway, so it's not Pete, yeah. a, a fresh pizza versus a burger that's been out of the sun versus hummus. Just I'm hummus. Yep. I honest. So yes, pizza, fresh pizza, not risky, probably unless it has pathogens in it. Um, the burger that's been out in the sun. I, I don't, I, maybe there could be perfringens in the burger, but I'm not super Come worried. I'm, yeah. I'm worried, Ben, I'm worried about the burger that's been freshly prepared and undercooked. That's exactly. what I'm worried about. Yes. Right. Yes. And then, yes. And what was the last one? Hummus. Well, hummus, maybe, hummus. but I mean, is it, it's hummus has been linked to uh, listeria. Have, have there been any, yeah. anything Some salmonella. else? And, and who, yeah. and who, and who, and is it, is it homemade hummus? Is it store-bought hummus? I mean, I, I'm, I, we had hummus the other day. I didn't get sick from it. Um, yeah. And it, what that hummus was out at room temperature um, mm. for a while because I didn't eat inside my refrigerator. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, all right. Yeah. Okay. okay. So number number five, eating foods at parties and picnics. Use discretion. Okay. Right. Number four. Also didn't see this one coming. Feeding your pets in the kitchen. Potentially risky. Mm -hmm. Potentially risky. This is a, a um oh I would say feeding your pets potentially risky. Yes. Right. In your Period. kitchen. What Full is stop? it? Yeah. 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 I mean so, it it no not really i mean it makes no pets, difference pets are potentially risky pets i mean my dogs are not on the countertops um we yeah i don't i'm having a hard time getting to getting to risky on that one i mean i yep. i think i know where they're going from like pets are pets are dirty therefore they shouldn't be in the kitchen but i mean so people so what do what's the solution there oh not it's great let your pets in the kitchen uh don the solution is pets, I'm, I'm glad yeah. i'm so glad you asked um the solution is to maybe feed them in a separate area of your home, such as a bathroom or a small nook <laughs> in the hallway. Have you checked your nook? Yeah. It, for um, yeah. Well, we 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 feed them in the uh, nooks in our dining room, and namely the the corners of the dining room, which is and since our dining room is part of our, it sort of adjoins our kitchen. I guess it's technically in the kitchen area. I'm right. yeah. So, I so this does not make sense to me, but okay. Nope. Nope, not at all. No, nothing. None of this makes sense, Don. None of this. Um, okay, so uh, that's that's number number four. Uh, we've already revealed number three. Number three. Poor, poor kitchen hygiene, risky. Number two. Oh, I forgot to tell you this one. One of them is usually safe. Oh. So so sorry. Potentially risky, versus usually safe, versus use your discretion. And 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 you're presenting these in the order that they 
they were presented in the article reverse uh-huh. order reverse and order. the number the number two is potentially safe uh-huh yep yep you got it um and this one is eating and drinking items past their expiration dates usually safe usually safe um okay. so it's a, again let me get back to to the article title because i think it's important <laughs> I am a food safety expert, and these are the five most common mistakes I see when it comes to contamination risk. Number two is eating and drinking items past their expiration dates, usually safe. Which is usually safe. That is the so that's most inter- interesting that's a, top five. Yeah. It's the most common mistake, usually safe. And I see it. So, um, uh, shelf life on products has very little to do with food safety and more to do with food quality. Those aren't interchangeable terms. That's correct. Um, now, Don, here's where they, here's where they get you, right? This, they've sucked you in. But mm-hmm. there are a few caveats to keep in mind. Quote, lots of people handle food, food pro- poorly, mm. such as exposing it to unfavorable conditions and storing it improperly, and then expect the shelf life to be the same. These cases can venture into risky territory for the food safety and quality alike. Like, I don't even know. I know I, all these geez, words. Did chat GPT write this? <laughs> right, right. Like you and I use these words. This is our job. This is this this is yeah. what we do. Moreover, well, I, I have to say, sorry, before I forget, um, I, 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 I don't listen to this podcast, but I've heard John uh, Syracuse talk about it, um, which is the top four podcast, which is done by oh, Marco, yeah, Marco. Arment and, yeah. and, and Tiff Arment. Um, yeah. And and one of the things that John really doesn't like about it is that they they don't always have four <laughs> in the top four. So, um, but uh, yeah, uh, and and they did record an episode on June 30th, uh, episode 101, uh, 64 Days of Fish, uh, which is their favorite fish songs. And so I might want to listen to that. I'm not I'm not a super I'm not an uber fish fan like uh, like Marco, but um, this is a good podcast. They often talk about food. Um, I should probably start listening as it thinks it would. Be, I think it would probably be a fun, a fun podcast to listen to. Yeah. So anyway. Yeah. Oh, man. Sorry. All please. Right. Please continue. Oh. Yeah. So moreover, uh, so this is here's a here's a curveball, as they say, from one of the sports ball um, mm-hmm. things that I, I like. Moreover, Don, some foods and drinks are actually best to consume closer to their expiration date or best by date. Huh? Yeah. Including dairy, what? meat, refrigerator, raw veggies, bagged what? lettuce and prepared foods. No, no. <laughs> That's just stupid. No, the only here's the thing, Ben. Sometimes we will make one of the one of the Ugh. things that for me will sometimes get better with time is leftovers, uh-huh, right? Uh-huh. Because yeah. if 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 my lovely wife makes uh, a, an Italian dish like a lasagna or something, or we have a noodle dish uh, that she made last night, like an Asian influenced noodle dish, sometimes that is better the next day or even the third day because the flavors have a chance to meld and develop. That's so, and and again, I know that runs antithetical to leftovers are risky and old leftovers are riskier, but they certainly sometimes do taste better. But none of the things that you mentioned (laughs) in that list, not that's true for none, none, zero. It's amazing. It's amazing. Yeah. So, so we got that. It's something. It's sure something. (laughs) All right. So, there, so number two on the list of common mistakes is eating. So, and I guess if we look at the details here, it's eating and drinking items past their expiration date or not past their expiration date or close to their expiration date. And it's usually safe, but sometimes it can be risky. That I mean, that's how it's described here. And if sometimes it, it's better when it's closer it's to the expiration yeah. date for yeah. reasons that are not clear in the story and don't make any sense to me. Yeah. None of the foods make any sense. No, so. no. 
and and Don, the number one reason, again, <laughs> number one, I'm a food safety expert, and these are the five most common mistakes I see when it comes to contamination risk. Number one at the top is the one that you're going to love so much. And it's the five second rule and it's risky. <laughs> oh, oh, Jesus. Um, Don, Don, I, I, uh, oh. uh, the five second rule, according to the article, is simply not a thing. Full stop. Quote, it takes no time for massive contamination to happen. Just one bacterium is enough to contaminate something enough to get to a point that could cause illness and that can happen with just any touch. <laughs> oh, I just—it's the greatest article just, of all time. I it's just great. can't. I just can't, Ben. I just, I just can't. I—I uh, I knew as soon as I read this, I thought this is horrible. This, this I mean, is, yeah, this is really it's bad. Well in, it's like, well and good. It's, it's <laughs> well and it's well and something. Jesus, yeah, well yeah. and good. Uh, the website. Yep. Oh. So this is no, I don't know, Trevor. This is from Trevor Craig, who who is uh, was interviewed for this corporate director in te of technical training and consulting at Microback Laboratories. So there you go. Oof. Uh, hey, it gave, it, it, what this did for us, Don. Great, great for content. Great, great for content. Great yes. content. Yep. Uh, I, I listened. Oh, yeah. Well, well, plus good. We've we've looked at this website yeah. before. I think we it's have. A beautiful. Yeah. It's a beautiful website. I mean, it's beautifully designed. I mean, it's got the content is crap, but yep, yep. Well, well, plus good. <sighs> so there you go. I'm a food safety expert, and these are the five most common mistakes I see when it comes to contamination risk. Let me give you the rundown again. Uh, first one is risky. Second one is um, uh, is actually probably safe, potentially safe, usually safe. Third one is risky. Uh, fourth one is uh, potentially risky, and the fifth one is use discretion. I don't. I don't even know. I don't even know how this Oof. gets gets done. I, yeah, I'm. Yeah, this is this is just bad. I mean, it's, it's the just bad in so many ways. It's the worst one we've ever had. Like I would it's say, pretty this, bad. Yeah, it's pretty bad. Yeah. Yep. So, all right. There, there's that. Um, Oof. Uh, do you know? Um, do you know about the uh, about the bread poisoning in Portugal? I don't. Yeah. So I didn't know this either. Um, I missed this. I think it was when I was on vacation, but um, but it's been solved. So this was in the food safety news uh, today. Um, officials solve bread poisoning incident. Um, oops. Let me let me actually find this for you. Um, open in Safari. Oh, it's only take me to the wrong spot. Um, here we go. Send you this link for show notes. Um, sorry, I know people are are waiting for the, how this got solved. Didn't even know that there were a lot of people sick. Two hundred and nine cases. Um, of uh, a, a, a short incubation period after ingestion that that provided symptoms including dry mouth, vision issues, dizziness, and mental confusion and decreased hmm. muscle, muscle strength. This is not like, this is not what I look for when it comes to bread. Um, and so yeah. it's a specific, and it, it sounds, it sounds like a toxin, not, yes. not a microorganism. Right. And yeah. you, you are right. Uh, in samples taken from flour, bread, and patients, tropane alkaloids, mm. atropine and scopolamine, scopolamine, were detected at very high levels 
An investigation found strong evidence of contamination with seeds from the Detura genus, which is a plant that may be present as weeds in cultivated fields. Mm, okay. Yep. And so uh, the weed, invasive weed, or um, or I mean, I guess just a weed that was not meant to be there, uh, and the seeds from that got ground up and led to these uh, tropane alkaloids. But a lot of people, 200 plus people sick mm. from a specific type of bread. Um, yeah. that, uh, is called, uh, Broa de Milho, which is a corn. Yeah. So yeah. it must've been a corn, corn, corn weed. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Yep. Really so, interesting. It, yep. So, and then I also found, uh, this isn't sort of the, the first time the, uh, um, that this has happened. Let me see if I found the, well, uh, I want to say we talked about another incident like this, um, we did recently. But, it, but it was leafy yeah. greens where they yep. harvested, um, something in the leafy greens. Um, what's in Australia? Uh, it was in yeah, Australia. It was, right? uh, yeah. yeah, it was some kind of, um, oh, I think it was um, a weed Jim, too. Jimson weed, Jimson right? Jimson yep. weed. Was yep. that it? Yep. Yeah. Yep. Tropane alkaloid. So I found a paper that we'll link to, um, on this, um, as well that, uh, um, sci- uh, uh, yeah, it was a it was a grocery. Yeah, gro- gro- I've got an article here. Uh, grocery stores alarmed by spinach giving dozens of customers hallucinogenic trips. Yeah, right. So, so these very nice things, show art. These or things pop up. Episode art. Yeah, yeah. Um, these things pop up. There was a paper that I found. This isn't sort of the first time, um, but these uh, tropane alkaloids, uh, which are regulated for cereal based foods and for children in the EU. Mm. Um, and so, uh, yeah, it found, um, there were, it's not uncommon to find it in, um, retail bread samples of wheat, rye, wheat, rye, and multigrain in the Netherlands, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) according to this, to this paper. Um, but yeah, so it's kind of like, uh, um, you know, like an aflatoxin kind of, kind of situation, you know, a contamination of the, uh, of the wheat that goes into bread that creates that you know this this weed or the seed leads to a toxin uh, contamination that that makes it all the way through to people that that eat it and it won't get baked out and it's a thing that yeah uh, in the EU people people know about I don't I've never it's not something that's on my my radar here in the U S. Well, and wasn't I I want to I don't know if this is apocryphal, but wasn't ergot supposed to be? Um, one of the reasons for the Salem witch trials, right? That people were eating moldy bread and and experiencing these trips and and thinking it was the witches. Um, good, good, yeah. good question. I don't know, but that sounds. We didn't we we didn't do that in. Uh, um, yep. Many historians believe that an ergon infestation yep. Yep. in Massachusetts um, caused strange activities. Uh, yeah, this is from. Uh, Salem, which this is a Utah State University Extension mm-hmm. publication. Yeah, how about that? Yeah, there you go. So anyway, that's in. Yeah, in, interesting. Um, that uh, huh? Didn't know about that. Um, so there you go. There's uh, bread, bread, bread making people uh, uh, act like witches. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Although I'm sure that's a real problematic thing. I think there's a lot going on with the witches, the witches, witch trials, right? <laughs> which trails, which, which is a different which, thing. Which, 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 which trials, which, which, which trials? Which, which, Are there which any trials? trials? Yeah. Uh, Salem. Yeah. Uh, I'm 90, sure it's not, 91, it's not good. 91 indictments. 
<laughs> yeah. Uh, 30 people found guilty, 19 executed by hanging. Um, mm. And uh, local context, religious context, initial events. It's not good. It's not, not, not good. We, which, uh, which cake? There's a touch test. Aftermath and closure. This is all from the, reading from the internet page. now. I am. I am. Uh, yeah. All right. Um, okay. So then we got, uh, uh, you, you had a couple things that you wanted I, to. I, want well, to yeah. I, so I, let me see if I can uh, reconstruct this. So let me get to the Dropbox for the podcast. And so this was um, email that I got. Let me see here. Get this sorted in the right direction. Um, oh, you know what? I before we do that, um, how, how, have you have you been? Are you following uh, what's going on with David Gumpert at all? Well, so I saw this. Yeah, I read. I read this, and I, I think this came out a, a while ago. Not a, long, a while ago. Long, yes, but it yeah. was like early in. It was. Um, yeah, maybe back in uh, in August sometime. I remember this popped up because I had we hadn't heard we hadn't heard from David in a while, and yeah. then I'm on his uh, I'm on his list, and then yep. uh, and yeah, and so so he he wrote um, that uh, he started the the David Blunk Glump Glump no David Gumpert, Gumpert. blog not Glumpert bog. Um, uh, because of uh, I get you know food sovereignty around the illegal sale of raw milk, right? Right. Um, and uh, and then um, he said that uh, in this post that things have gotten a little weird um, in uh, in posting things because the you know um, I, I, over the last couple of years I've shied away from posting much here because of the increasingly toxic tone of discussion. Discussion not dissimilar to what's happening on social media and various other large platforms. No matter what the topic, some readers seem obsessed with expounding endlessly about conspiracies having to do with vaccination, climate change, gun violence, and political uh, uh, fraud. COVID just exaggerated the entire trend with raw milk proponents um, like Sally Fallon Morrill applying their conspiracy mindsets to explain COVID. In her case, arguing it came from 5G Wi-Fi. So, so that that was the 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 paragraph that resonated with me the most that I feel like some days like our world is weird but I'm sure David Gumpert's world for a while got really weird um yeah. being you know a, a, that that wasn't what his interests were but there were a lot of conspiracies um related to like the government getting involved in lots of things that I'm sure Rob Milk is, is real adjacent to that that he right was, right yeah. and I Which, feel I kind of I, so yeah. yeah so the reason why I came across this is I was cleaning out so i have my, my gmail account and i have my work account and i don't really look at the gmail account uh that much but then it was just like hundreds of messages and that were unread and i just i need to get in here and clean this out this is part of my you know uh transition to you know not keeping compost in the crisper right and there's not not much in that gmail account is actionable it's more just things to look at um, and where it's where I see updates to Daring Fireball and where, where I received updates to David Gumpert's blog as well. And and it's just like, what's happening with this blog? And I just clicked on it and I started reading. And I, I kind of kind of felt a little bad for him. Yeah. Um, yeah. Because really, like he was in he was working in a conspiracy adjacent space um, and he just sort of anyway it was fascinating to hear him recount this and his sort of decision to maybe it sounds like maybe not have the blog anymore or not to blog as much 
Um, so yeah, it was just, it was fascinating. I, I found, and I just, I just thought it was worth remarking on since he's been a guest on this podcast and we have talked, we don't talk too much about raw milk these days, but we had a, went through a, a raw milk uh, phase where we talked about raw milk a lot, including a, a famous uh, raw milk Amsterdam episode, which led to our conversation with David. Um, but yeah, super interesting to, to see what's, what's happened with his, uh, with his blog and the whole space that he occupies. Right. And, and, um, you know, he, uh, I really shutting out that raw milk Amsterdam definitely, um, continues to be one of my favorite episodes to share with people. Right. Um, and, uh, and, and I know we, uh, it's episode 53. Um, I know that you and I, uh, I, you know, I guess it's not, uh, up for OPSEC reasons, but we'll be, we'll be, uh, um, uh, guest lecturing in in one of our friend and um and listeners uh class and and i think that that friend and listener often um asks their students to listen to raw milk camsterdam as as sort of a right. seminal episode of food safety talk so and that you know that led to um as you said another episode where uh we we had uh david on and and he he kind of called us out on um raw milk camsterdam uh, uh, and so, and I can't remember what the number of that episode was, but it was a good, it's a good one to, to listen to. Yeah. Um, yeah. looks like it was, uh, um, yeah, a, a food safety, uh, uh talk, uh, episode 55 entitled damn ignorant PhDs. Uh, right. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yeah, David Gumpert, the complete patient came onto the show. David has written about raw milk and food rights, including the raw milk revolution, life, liberty, and the pursuit of food rights, the escalating battle of who decides what we eat. Um, and, uh, because he critiqued us on, uh, food safety talk 53. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so we, so we, we wish him well. He's, he's, we I mean, do. he's, we don't agree with him on a lot of things, but I, I, he does seem to be. He, he he has an agenda, but but he's at least transparent about the agenda, right? Like he's he's sincere, right? He might yeah. be wrong, um, uh, or or we might be wrong. I mean, who knows, right? Who but knows? he he is at least uh, sincere. So yeah, yep. <clears throat> and so the, and it the, would be weird. Okay. It would be weird to be around that, right? To oh, all of a sudden get sure. dra dragged into things like, well, you know, people are you know politicians are eating babies right like right which i can right. imagine what yeah he's, there's a secret basement in a in a pizza yeah. restaurant in washington dc yeah yeah Whew. yeah exactly glad we're glad i just have someone from cdc constantly disagreeing with me on the internet <laughs> yeah so um, speaking of people disagreeing um so this uh, just and you you got time here right to go oh, into yeah, this yeah uh, yeah yep. so um so I got an email from a food safety talk listener and and it, it it's a topic that is probably more suited to risky or not but I think we could come back and do it again on risky or not cuz I have done a fair bit of digging into this just again you know I don't I I don't I mean part of the problem why I have a lot of emails Ben is I try to answer a lot of emails um and 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 sometimes that leads to time uh, being spent. But I think in this case, it was time well spent. And so I'll just read the initial question. I won't read 
verbatim the entire email chain, but I'll, I'll just let you know where it started. And so the listener, we'll call her Lindsay. Uh, Lindsay writes, I have a question about lacto-fermented beans and botulism. I followed a recipe which involves pouring brine over the beans and allowing to ferment, but I messed up and used chlorinated water. So we'll come back to that. After a few days, I worried about my laps. I inoculated the jar with brine from sauerkraut I'd already made. So now there should be happy acid producing bacteria getting to work and the chlorine should have evaporated away by now. But here's my question. Sure, eventually I can test to make sure the pickled beans are acidic enough to kill impair botulism botulinum producing bacteria. But what if in the first few days before the fermentation process took off, there was a botulism bloom and a bunch of the botulism uh, botulinum toxin was already produced. What are the chances this happened? Remember the liquid was measured brine, uh, one quarter cup sea salt, half a gallon water to start with. Should I be worried? And in general with lacto-fermentation, how do we know a bunch of toxin isn't produced before the environment becomes inhospitably acidic? And so I had a bunch of questions, including what recipe did you use? Um, what's the, why are you, why is this person worried about chlorinated water? Yeah. Um, you know, and it turns out that often people are given the advice, if you're going to do this, na a natural fermentation like sauerkraut to make sure that you don't use chlorinated water, because the idea is that the chlorine in the water can inhibit the bacteria. And then the other thing, which, which I also learned is that there is a, a recommendation often to not use iodized salt because the iodine in the salt can also inhibit bacteria. Now, um, this person used sea salt and I believe sea salt naturally contains iodine. It doesn't have iodine added. Um, and so if you wanted to do this, it might be better if you were concerned about the iodine was to, to use regular table salt that has not been, not had iodine added to it. Um, and I did, again, often we'll go on to Google Scholar just as a first cut. And I found an article on Google Scholar from 1924, where what they did was they took, they made sauerkraut and they made uh, fermented green beans. Oh, and one of the things I had to figure out was this person, when they were talking about beans, they're actually talking about green beans, not like black beans. So not a legume. Um, but they were definitely talking about green beans. Um, and I found this article from 1942, where they basically took cabbage and they took green beans, they added salt to it. And then they dosed both of these with uh, a culture of Clostridium botulinum and the sauerkraut um, did not produce toxin, but the, but the green beans did. Um, and so all huh. of this, and what I was hoping in all of this is somebody somewhere would tell me, oh yes, you can ferment any vegetable you want <laughs> right, as right. long as you use this amount of salt. And I thought, and you were, you were copied on this email correspondence, but because you're very good about not doing email or not reading and responding to email, which is probably why you're as productive as you are. Um, it, you didn't engage. I didn't. I was, yeah. I was, I was I, hoping. Yeah. I was hoping as you would sort of step in and say, well, Don, as everyone knows, um, you just have to use X percent salt. And here's a web page that says that now. So anyway, so yeah, so more back and forth with Lindsay. She shares the uh, book that she is using, which is Fermented Vegetables, Creative Fermenting Chutneys, which is uh, an Amazon link. And we'll put the Amazon link um, in the in the uh, in the in the thing. We're not endorsing this book necessarily, but we it it, it is it is interesting um, to see what book that she's using. And she sent me photocopies uh, or scans of the pages, which was really helpful. Um, and and yeah, and clarified that the 
the water basically she's getting water from the tap which might contain chlorine um so i it's i don't i don't and again we'll we'll we're going to get to some actual experts that weighed in here um so yeah and i'm i'm all the time i'm looking for information i'm finding a bunch of websites i'm not really finding the kind of websites that i want which is information like from the national center right i can and and or the ball blue book i i can i can find recipes for sauerkraut I, what i cannot find is a generic recipe for fermenting vegetables and so yeah, yeah. what i what i finally did was i reached out to two different experts um i did not identify the experts to lindsay but i think it's okay if we identify the experts on this podcast um right you're okay with that yeah yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So, yeah, so these are folks that love us. Yeah, yeah. Well, exactly. So, expert one is Randy Warabo, and I sent I sent Randy the full text chain, and I said, you know, what what is the uh, let's see, um, I I don't let's see, uh, I emailed, let's see, what did I say? I, I'm about to reach out to a couple of colleagues who are more expert, and basically what I said to them is, hey, what advice can you give? Is there a correct salt concentration expert one a man of few words in this case simple one one sentence reply the minimum to guarantee an lab fermentation is 2.25 percent weight per weight so okay well there's that's, a we got a line that's yeah. a real definitive answer right now yeah. in the recipe that Lindsay sent to me if you just look at the amount of salt that she used and the weight of the green beans, I did some count. I was doing a bunch of Excel calculations and figuring out how much things weigh. Um, basically, it's four percent. But in that same recipe, there's also added water, and if you factor in the water, it's less than two percent. Yep. So. Yep. The question is, it, what should you do? And I guess my advice would be in the case of green beans, I would probably um, add the salt to the green beans and then and then try not to add water if I could and try to make sure that the ratio of salt to everything else is greater than 2.25% according to expert number one. Now, expert number two gave a much more detailed and response a detailed response um expert two is your friend our friend and your colleague um who works at your in your in on I, campus not yeah. at your university but on yeah, campus. yeah no I, he does actually bright, work right at, yeah so, at our university so, too right yeah. right yeah well oh yeah but but he's a usda employee he he's, he's a he's a government employee um yeah and so Fred gives a completely different answer than Randy. And I'll read Fred's answer now. I love it when you ask two different experts and you get two different answers, right? Um, so he, Fred writes, salt is not considered a safety factor for fermented vegetables. It's more of a quality factor. You can ferment most vegetables with no salt at all, assuming you have enough sugar present. Without salt, you will typically get mushy, undesirable products. For sauerkraut, 2% equilibrated for the entire volume is recommended and a temperature of 18 degrees C. With sauerkraut, you need to pre-wilt the cabbage by dry salting to extract the water and make a brine. That makes sense, right? Anaerobic conditions are important for keeping the yeast population down. Note that significant amounts of gas will be produced by the early heterolactic stage of fermentation. A chlorinated water is not really a big problem. You can even get by with iodized salt, but I don't recommend that. Um, lactic acid bacteria are tough. And so basically Fred confirms that chlorinated water is not a big deal, um, but but also points out that it's probably best if you if your if your salt is does not contain iodine. And I but I also I was amazed that Fred is not worried about botulism, right? And he said with and you want 
anaerobic conditions. And so that led me thinking about Pruno, uh, which is a perennial topic on this podcast. I think it might have even been mentioned on the Raw Milk Amsterdam episode before we got to talking about raw milk. And so I'm I with all of that. And then Fred sent a bunch of articles that was done uh, by the the people um, at USDA that work there in North Carolina and do a lot of work with pickle producers. Great, fascinating articles, none of which answered the question. Right. What I'm really looking for is someone to do a review article or to do a bunch of research where you basically added different amounts of salt to different vegetables to and theoretically maybe even like 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 this 1924 article or like you know our good friend Kathy Glass would do um inocu- dose it with bot spores activated bot, bot spores to start with to really truly figure out what is safe so with all of that as a preamble to how i spent my labor day and the day after um what are your thoughts yeah, so I think this is really interesting. It's something that Fred and I talked about um, a while ago because of not a lot of standardization of fermenting vegetables and, and selling them at farmer's markets. Like this right. is where, where it came up from a commercial standpoint where um, that that like that kind of fermentation, depending on how it's packaged and how it's sold, sometimes kind of slips through the regulatory cracks and trying to come up with like, what kind of recommendations should we make? And exactly what you're, what you're saying, like, what's the, what's the line? Like almost like the paper that you did um, on uh, garlic and and herbs and oil. um, Right. Where in in acidification of of those types of foods, like what are the, you know, what are the pluses and, and negatives? And you got to have a couple of these things to make sure that you're going to really right. like be conservative. That that's kind of missing here in, in these like different types of fermentations that are not standard on purpose, right? Like the kimchi that I want to make and sell is, is going to be, I want it to be kind of different from the one you are because we're competing and mine's going to be better. Right. Right. Like right. all, all that, all that kind of matters. And so it's not, I guess it's not surprising that it's so varied. Um, one thing I will add, you know, this, this idea you talked about like chlorinated water. Um, one thing that the listener, um, wrote about like, oh, Hey, where is it? Um, what I might do is boil it. That was in here. Boil the water. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Yeah. Well, and uh, yeah, boil the beans before I eat them. Yeah. So I didn't, well, yeah. Yeah. And so the idea being there, if there was toxin in the beans, the boiling would inactivate the toxin. Um, yeah. Which is, which is kind of right. It's going to, it's yeah. going to have some, it's going to yeah. have some benefit in terms of risk. Um, but I need to boil it for a long time, essentially. Yeah. Um, the other thing that, that Fred, like, you know, um, one thing that, that didn't kind of come in and it's kind of alluded to when it comes to the, to the chlorine water, um, is something that, um, uh, Elizabeth told me, um, uh, and, and, you know, Fred mentions here that, um, or I think maybe you mentioned about the chlorine doesn't really have, it has minimal effect. Um, Elizabeth mentioned something to me, Elizabeth Andrews, who Fred referred to mm-hmm. a while ago that she was hearing, um, uh, from people nationally about pre-washed cucumbers. Like, you know, you can buy pickling cucumbers, small bags of them now in mm-hmm. grocery yep. stores that are pre-washed yep. Yep. and that, People were were not getting very good 
fermentation. Um, fermentation from it yeah. because they were because of the the natural microflora would been had been removed or disturbed. And so sure. that would that yeah. So so it's like the, that also matters here, right? Like the sure. difference between um the beans, like where they are they are they like a pre-washed, you know, green bean um that were um in those like microwavable bag versus just a like, you know, harvested unwashed bean yeah like go to the store and put pick them out of a bin right like exactly I, yeah and, it, and yeah. in this case you want whatever More. your starting material yeah. you want it to be loaded up with with you know lactic acid bacteria from the environment because that's the whole purpose of you know these fermentations is you need to start with whatever that natural inoculum is Right. Right. And you want yeah. as much of it as possible so that at least some that because the, what the salt, the salt does is it selects for the lactics. Right. And so you see, you've loaded up with salt, the lactics are able to grow um, and they outcompete everything else. So you've got to have at least some small level of lactics there to begin with. And the, the more lactics, the better. And you hopefully don't have something else that is not a lactic that is also selected for by the salt, which will then start to outcompete with the lactics. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So yeah, there's a lot, there, it's, there's a lot of confusion on this, right? Like, or maybe well, not confusion, but like it's, well, it's a lot of nuance well, to it. Well, and yeah. certainly there's, there's a difference between the two experts that gave yep. wildly different answers. Okay. And again, having spent a fair amount of time in Google scholar, trying to find something, I couldn't find anything. And maybe it's some of it's in the older literature. I certainly did find that 1924 article, which I thought was fascinating. And again, and and again, if you if we will link to the the uh, ARS um, food science and quality marketing handling research unit in Raleigh, uh, which uh, in the category of fermented and acidified vegetables, their bibliography, uh, you can find there's loads and loads of research, but not really exactly what I'm the kind of article that I'm looking for, right? What I'm looking for is a review article where somebody goes out and looks at all of these natural fermentations with, with uh, different levels of salt. And I just don't think the research base is there, right? Like the folks, the folks at ARS are really focused on very specific questions that are mostly designed for pickle producers, right? Rather than consumers and the work for consumers, it's, it's primarily older literature on yep. sauerkraut and um um and 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 certainly there's going to be a, a quite a literature on kimchi which is basically a, just a different kind of sauerkraut so yep, yep. yeah fig, but but i think there's a i mean again given a, a infinite time and money there there would be you could do some really interesting research here but it would take it would take a long time it would take a lot of money and it's not and it's not something i'm gonna i'm prepared to go and pivot my research program to but man i would love it if somebody would either if you know of articles that have done this, point them out to us. But I don't think they're out there, Ben. Yeah, you know, I don't think so. I don't think so either. And I think it's like I think it's needed, even for the stuff that we do with restaurant uh, has you know has a plans mm -hmm. and uh, and variances for specialized processes. So yeah, yeah, someone needs to, to do this and write the write it because it yeah we got to figure out so wh some, what the parameters are. Right, and so what do you do when you are when you're giving advice to restaurants, like, and, and part of that class that you guys teach, you do a fermentation, right? But we it's do, yogurt. We do. Yeah. We do, we use yogurt just cause it's quick, right? Like quick, we can, yeah. we can model it fast. So what, I mean, in the absence of, of what we're looking for, this magic threshold of here's the percent by weight, um, salt that needs to be in here for these fermentations to, to work. Um, 
you're you're measuring the pH on the on the back end, right? And you're right. controlling the um, the time and temperature that you're fermenting it on. Uh, so you, you're measuring that pH change over time to demonstrate that yeah, it's well, going to be protected. And that's and that's where that's the trick, right? Yeah. Is what you really need to do is you need yes, the final pH is important for shelf stability, but really what you want to be sure is that the lactics take. You, you need the yep. salt to select for the lactics. You need the lactics to make the acid that's going to inhibit Clostridium botulinum. And then and then how do you make sure that you don't end up making Pruno? Right. 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 <laughs> and again, yeah. to Warabo's point, um, no, to Fred Bright's point, um, you want it to be anaerobic so that the yeast don't grow and produce ethanol. And I suppose when you're making Pruno, I never really thought about this before. When you're you making want it Pruno, to be aerobic. Yeah. You want it to be aerobic because otherwise it's, you make botulism. But again, part of the and for and again, if, if you don't if you don't know what Pruno is, you have not been listening to this podcast long enough. Uh, but Pruno is basically jailhouse hooch, which, which people make in in prison um, to be able to get drunk, and sometimes it leads to botulism. But and again, if you're doing this on the on the the down low in prison, obviously you don't want it to you you. It's easier to make something anaerobic because you just sort of hide it in the back of a toilet or, you know, wherever. Um, so the guards don't find it. Um, but that may lead to anaerobic conditions. So, uh, yeah, fascinating topic that I, we've only just begun to, I think, to scratch the surface. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it is like, obviously just based on the number, the lack of the number of illnesses that exist, there's, there's, it, and that it's such a traditional thing that's been going on for a long time in lots of different cultures. It's, it's really like, it's gotta be pretty, low risk right but when it goes bad right. it goes really bad that's right yeah. and well and, and to, to fred's point if you if you don't use an, enough if you don't put in any salt at all or you don't use enough salt the quality is not good it's just it's just right. the right. vegetables are, are not crispy anymore they're they're mushy and so um but but yeah it's uh yeah that's absolutely yeah just i there's just i can't i can't I, honestly what really struck me and the reason why i kept going back and looking in wikipedia or looking in google scholar not in wikipedia but in google scholar yeah. and and trying again and again was like i must it's gotta be here there must right? this literature must exist and why yeah, can i yeah. not find it and it turns out it really doesn't exist or again at least i couldn't find it so well and and you asked like if if anybody's gonna know those are the two people that would know those are the guys that would know yeah, right. Yeah. hundred percent. They gave completely right. different answers. But yeah. again, if you want a number, you know, go with 2.25. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right. Right. Because right. said it was right. That's the number. Warbo, yep. Yeah. And blame him if it's yeah, wrong. War, yeah, Warbo's yeah. never wrong. <laughs> uh, hey, so I got a heart out in, in oh, a yeah. couple of minutes. So uh, we should probably, uh, we should probably wrap it up. Is there, um, I think that hit all the stuff that we had sitting in there. Yeah. I mostly just really want, since I spent all this time thinking about vegetables, yeah. I wanted salt, to talk about I really that. Wanted, I really wanted to talk about it. So, yeah. And I was like, I, I wasn't weighing in cause I was coaching hockey, but I was like, oh, I'm sure we're going to talk about this. So I'm glad we, we did a little deep dive <laughs> on it. It worked out perfectly. Yes. Yes. Um, all right. Well, Hey, uh, I'll, I'll talk to you. I'll talk to you soon. And, and bye, 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 bye.
Um, okay, so real time uh, things that are going on that are fun. Um, our, we're gonna have our friend Hannah Raska on at Raskin on because. Oh, yeah, again, I'm not sure when at some point, because she asked me, she's doing some stuff on poultry. I don't understand. I don't know exactly what oh, it is. Yeah, we. I think she and I talked about this. I might good. have sent her some good, good, links good. or people. Yeah. Yep. So she, right, right. Like, but then now she's like ordering some stuff and she's going to do some, some sampling. Oh, right. But right, right, I said, right. I don't want to, I don't want to spoil it. Um, one of your papers, I just sent her because she asked me a question about like what to do oh, in handling and cool. storage this. And then she's like, great um here's what i'm gonna do and i was like awesome and i said when you are done want to come back on the podcast and talk about what you find talk about it yeah yeah and she said definitely so good so we'll have her back on she's awesome i love her she yeah I, I love her i love her Substack so much yeah. it's yeah. so it's so good it, it's a it's a joy to get every week right like it's yes or, yeah, or yes right. exactly yeah. it's uh it's exactly oh and i stumbled upon another cool thing that i didn't know about i'm gonna send you this um there's nothing in food safety on this, but I've been reading this website um, called Ambrook Research. I don't know anything about, like, I haven't even looked at the About Us, but it's a beautiful website. Um, and it is data driven storytelling for modern agriculture. And there's oh, just cool. cool, it's just cool articles. Like the last, everything that's on that front page I've read over the last month and a half. And it's, it's, it's cool. It's, there's, I, I, I want there to be a food safety thing. Um, mm -hmm. but it hasn't come up, but I don't even know who they are. They could be, this could be where David Gumpert's posting now. I don't know. Um, <laughs> um, could be, but yeah, but it's cool. It's good. It's a good website. Um, all right. We should schedule. Yes. Um, okay. So two weeks from now, it gets really messy. Um, I will be in, uh, um, I'm going to Portland, Oregon. Oh, have I, to have I told you this? So I don't, this is no, no shade, no lemonade, but I'm going to do something for a really cool group. Wafto, right? I think I mentioned that. Oh yeah. 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 We talked about this last time and then, or maybe on risky or not. Yeah. And then there's a federal agency that wants me to stay to give a talk like a couple days later, but then they, they're like, yeah, but we can't pay for your hotel. So, um, so, so Wafto is footing the bill for me to stay a couple of days later, which is really, really nice, but come on, come on, unnamed federal come agency. Come on, come yeah. on. And I don't blame the person who invited me like that. There oh, no. is not. Yeah. It's the, the, come on, give, just give people some, some resources to do the thing they want to do. Um, yeah. okay. So I could do early on Monday, September 18th, like 8am. Oh, so we've talked about this before. You have We're going to have that a crunch too. I'm, yeah. I'm in Rome. Yeah. Week. When in, when in Rome, don't. when in Rome, don't so, do a podcast cause it's too hard. Yeah, so let's look at the week after because it's fine. Yep. I will post this next week, and yep. then we'll have a missing week, and then we'll we'll um, uh, we can post it again on the twenty the week of the twenty fifth. So week of the twenty fifth, um, the morning of the twenty fifth is well, um, I got lots of time on the twenty fifth to do stuff. So mm -hmm. I could do before like nine till eleven a.m. I could do eleven fifteen to one. 10 ish. I got to get to a meeting at 1 30. I could do 2 30 until 5 4 30 on the. Yeah. You know, so let's it's also Yom um, Kippur. I don't know if that matters. It is. It is. Yep. It does not matter. It's also, uh, you don't know this, but uh, this is that's also flea and tick and heartworm. Uh, oh, medicine. Day. 
for dog day. day. Yep. Yep. Um, yeah. So I am, uh, the only one I can't do of those is the one in the middle of the day. Cause I've got yeah. a 1 PM meeting on campus, but I could do two 30. Um, I'd rather do on. nine. If like, rather I'd, do nine, that's fine. I'd yeah, rather do nine. That's if that's okay. It's it, it, the, here's the thing. I think the energy of the show is better if we do it in the morning. Yeah. Although my from time management point of view, I'd rather do it in the afternoon. Yeah. But here's the thing, Ben. The show is important to me. The show is important. <laughs> so let's do it yeah. at nine. And my new there's, there's very few things that I will do in the morning, and one of them is a podcast with you. Right, right. Me, me too. And so now my reality is that's midday. I drop I drop a kid off at six forty a.m. Oh. I'm in my office by seven. I already have two hours of like my go the stuff I talked about before, like going through my calendar and making sure everything's good for the week and going through OmniFocus. By the time nine rolls around, I, it's you're, it's more it's morning tea. You're you're for me. You're rolling. You're loaded for bear. You're ready to go. Yeah, I'm having cheese cheese toasties uh, with the <laughs> with <laughs> on the on the patio. Cheese toasties with the queen. Cheese toasties with the queen on the patio on the lanai. Yeah. Um, God's yeah. Work, right. Yeah. Uh, okay, cool. That's perfect. So 9 a.m. Right. Monday, September 25th. 25th. Yep. yep. Okay, cool. Um, cool. That, was, that was fun. I, I, I like, again, I was kind of fired up this morning. I'm like, Hey, I'm here early. Um, let me do a little bit of prep and, and I was good. And I always feel better when I do that. Like, not, I don't want you to yeah. do that. I like, I, I need it to flow. Cause sometimes well, no, like, I, what, when yeah. I prep is, is, is in the time until the, you know, the day before the show, like yeah. I, I prep the whole time uh, and you prep uh, at the last minute, but yeah. then you've always had a lot of, a lot of good stuff. So it works. It works. It works. So cool. Okay. All right. Awesome. I will uh, talk to you whenever we do uh, risky or not, but it's already on the list and have sounds good. I feel like you're on your, like, I will. Oh no. Maybe I talk to you next week or something. Probably. I think so. I know. Before before I leave for Rome, I think we do before, another one. Yep. Before you're in Rome. Yep. There we go. I'll see. You. I'll talk to you on Monday. Oh, perfect. Cool. All right. Bye. Bye.